My message this morning is entitled, A New Mind, New You. Reading this morning from Matthew chapter 22, verse 38, 34 through 38. It said, but when the Pharisees heard that he, he being Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Father, as we spend the next few minutes together in your presence, unpacking the power of this scripture, unpacking the power of a renewed mind, I ask that you would speak through me to inspire the heart and minds of these precious people here today. Father, we've assembled not because this is just another date on the calendar. We're, we're, we're not here because somebody randomly invited us. We're here for a divine purpose. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way in our hearts. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be good this morning. Here we go. Amen. 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 Well, growing up, uh, Saturdays in our house were, were yard work days. My dad would wake me up early, and I, and I hated it. I dreaded it, especially during the summer season because y'all know that Florida is ridiculous during summer. My father would wake me up. We began to cut the grass, rake the leaves, trim the bushes, you name it, we would do it. I remember there was one uh, particular year in which I was of middle school age. Uh, we had just finished uh, revamping our entire, our entire house, so just the entire yard around our house. And so we had uh, a bunch of trash bags that we left out front for the garbage man to come the very next day and to pick up these trash bags. And it wasn't just one or two trash bags. I'm talking, it was in the neighborhood of about 20 trash bags. And so I, I remember as a little boy, uh, I, was, I was hanging out with my friends outside. It was a summer day and I saw the trash man turn into our neighborhood and he would stop uh, at one house and the next house. And this is before they had those fancy trash cans with the ones that pick it up by the truck and the guy just sits in the truck. You know, this is like two people on the back getting off to take care of, of, of what was uh, needed there. And so I remember these, these gentlemen jumping off the back of the truck and uh, heaving these trash cans into the truck and I saw him coming and I looked at my yard and, and I felt embarrassed and, and I felt uh, I felt sad I, I felt uh, just my heart broke for for the trash man this particular morning and so I told myself you know I'm gonna do something nice for him on the very next trash day and you have to understand as a middle school student I know middle schoolers have left and if they were here they would they would hoot and holler at this but there's nothing greater than a snack pack nothing greater than a snack pack okay the chocolate ones and so my mom would go and she'd have these snack packs stored up in our house. And so I told myself the next day that the trash man comes, I'm going to present uh, them a gift of, of two snack packs uh, in honor of their hard work and how hot it is outside and all that stuff. And so anyways, the day came for the trash man to come pick up the trash. And I, I waited patiently and, and, I, and I was looking out my window because I knew he came right about 2 o'clock, right in the middle of the heat. And as the trash man pulled up, I started to get nervous. I'm thinking, what am I doing? This is weird. But I still stepped outside anyways. And as he pulled up, I, I kind of waved him down. Down and and uh, the guy jumped off the truck and I said, here you go. In that moment, I realized this was a mistake. Right? <laughs> this is weird. This is, this is just weird. And uh, to my surprise, they, they, they had a smile on their face and one gentleman pulled off his glove and began to take his fingers and dip it in the snack pack and was going for it. And I thought, well, there, there you go. All right. So I turned around, went back in my house and said, thanks. And that was it. 
couple days later, uh, my friends and I were outside again playing in the street. The trash man comes around into our neighborhood, and as they pass by us playing in the street, the driver of the truck gives me two honks and a this. Like, you're my boy. <laughs> and my friends uh, that were with me are looking at me like, who in the world has got the trash man like that? Where the trash man's waving at you saying, how's it going? Who, who does that? And, and the fact is this. Um, I had my, my gift had the attention of, of the trash guys. And, and for, them, for them, the reality was that while everyone's trash was keeping them busy, I found a way to get their attention. And many people live as if Jesus is only in the trash management business. They turn to Jesus when things are bad. And a lot of their prayers sound a lot like, help me, I'm going down today. Help me, things are not working out so well today. Help me, I, I just can't keep my head above the water financially. Help me, my marriage is struggling. Take it all, Jesus, take away the bad. And, and a lot of people live their life in this continual cycle from one problem uh, to the next. And it's the same junk every single day. Now, now, granted, Jesus does take our junk, right? He does take our sin. He does take our addiction. He loves to restore us and renew us. But my Bible teaches us, teaches me that there's so much more to Jesus than that. Because through Jesus, we can live in daily victory. Daily victory. And I want to submit to you this morning that Offering him our trash uh, does keep him busy, and he loves it. But offering him our treasure is what gets his attention. And in our point passage this morning, Jesus asked, "What?" Uh, G Jesus was asked, "What do you treasure the most?" And as a church, we should really lean into this passage of scripture because we are gathered here today, not because our friend is here, not because uh, this is just what we've done for 30, 40 years. We're gathered here today because we're all on this journey together to bring God as much glory as possible. Amen. And so for us as a church, we want to lean into this because this is a secret. This is a secret to the kingdom of heaven. This is one of those big, big deals. Jesus was asked, what, what do you treasure the most? What brings you the most glory? What's the most important thing to you, Jesus? What do you treasure? And Jesus says, to love the Lord with your heart, your soul, and your mind. This morning, I want to talk about the power of a renewed mind. Why? Because due to the pressure uh, from our relationships, uh, from finances, from work, from our health, from hard situations, it's so true that our feelings are constantly at war with our thought life. How we feel is constantly at war with how we think. Now thought life, that might be kind of a strange term for somebody here, so let me define it. Our thought life is this. It's how we think about ourselves, our present situation, our future, but more importantly, our thought life consists of how we think about God. It's that stuff that runs around in our head all day long. Write this down this morning for taking notes. Number one, we've got to recognize that the mind is an ongoing battleground. 
Consider the anatomy of a thought. A thought originates by what? What we see, what we feel, what we hear. Uh, a lot of us for what we read on a screen, on, on, on a device. And a thought, boom, originates. Our thoughts are what connects the Holy Spirit to our heart. What is our heart? That can be a vague term as well. Our heart can be defined as our will, our desires. It's the command center from which we live. Consider this this morning. If your heart is like a train station, the destination, the Holy Spirit is like a train. Your thoughts are like the tracks on which the train travels. And I want you to, I want to recognize this morning that there is a fight over your breakthrough going on in your mind right now. We're all there. The Holy Spirit is derailed when the wrong feelings begin to clog the track. Recently, I met with a, a, a guy who was wanted to be in ministry, but in, in his process, he gave up, and, and he said this to me over coffee at Starbucks. He said, ministry is no longer in my heart. It's left my heart. And he kept saying this phrase over and over again, it's left, it's no longer in my heart. And you might have said this or thought this or come to this conclusion over something in your life. It's, it's no longer in my, my heart. When you break up with somebody, right, it's, it's no longer in your, your heart. Your, your heart has a, has a change. And for this individual, I knew that he had a call of God on his life. But for whatever reason, he, he, something got in there and, and the Holy Spirit was derailed from his purpose, and he said, ministry is no longer in, in my heart. And, and as I asked more questions, we discovered that the reason why he said that is because he felt like that he was incapable. He felt like that he had no hope, and he thought that he was limited. He thought that he could not do what God had called him to do. And so because of the wrong feelings that got on the track, the Holy Spirit, who brings the power and the vision and the life that he needs for that passion and dream to stay alive in his heart, was derailed. And he said, it's left my heart. Well, yes, yes, maybe, maybe it has, but not because God's moved on, but because maybe your thought life needs to be renewed. Because God, when he gives you a promise, he doesn't just give you a promise and give up. Our God does not give up on us. Our God does not, I said our God does not give up on us. He does not give up on us. Listen, you might be here this morning, you might have had a promise when years ago at youth camp, you might have been given a promise a couple weeks ago. That I know there's some grandmas here, some precious, precious, precious women of God that have been praying for years for your children and your grandchildren to come to Jesus Christ. I want you to know that God has not given up. Your prayers are not hitting a ceiling. God is going to bring breakthrough and deliverance. You will see your children come to Jesus Christ. You keep praying. You don't give up. You renew your mind to what God has said. I'm telling you, breakthrough's coming. If you believe that, say amen. Come on. Amen. And so as I'm talking with this individual, I, I discovered something. His, his mind had not been renewed. It had not been renewed. These wrong feelings now controlled his thoughts, and now these wrong thoughts moved into actions, and he began to drink a little bit, began to get himself in debt, and I said, why are you doing this? And he said, because it helps my feelings. It makes me feel better. And the Holy Spirit gave me this little bit of wisdom I want to share with you right now. I said to him, I said, your life will not change when you feel better. Your life will only change when you think better. The battle is not won in the shot glass. The battle is not won by putting the cigarette to your lips because you've done it for years. The battle is not won when your credit card is swiped and you've got the new pair of shoes. I want to tell you this morning that when you think higher, your life 
will eventually catch up. When you think about God's promises, yeah, maybe you might not be able to see it manifest in the natural, but eventually it's going to catch up. That's called faith. That's called faith. Why? Because if your thinking is the track for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot bring you to a place that he does not bring your mind to first. What are you talking about? Nobody wakes up in Orlando and says, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to be a surgeon today. That's it. I'm quitting McDonald's. I'm going to be a surgeon. Nobody walks into the ER and says, okay, let's go. Put the gloves on. Where's the scalpel? What we got? What do we got? Nobody says that. There's years of preparation. There's years of learning. There's years of patience. There's years of waiting, of heartache. There's, there's years of, it's a process. Now, listen, friends, we certainly do serve a suddenly God, yes? There's been many suddenly moments and moves of God in my life, but I do know this, that God often chooses to work through a process. Because sometimes what's learned in the process is actually sweeter than the breakthrough. And it's the process that God wants to develop you. He wants to grow you. He wants to stretch your faith. But more importantly, God wants to build your endurance up to fight the next fight that's in front of you. Sometimes we get so discouraged in the process, don't we? We get so discouraged. And I want to to say this morning, do not be discouraged in your situation. You renew your mind with what God has said. Hold on to the word that God gave you because I want to tell you the truth. His word never returns void. Never. Someone here in this room this morning, maybe somebody recently left you. Maybe a business partner, maybe a relationship, maybe a, a child. And you're here today feeling defeated. And you're in this mode of your thoughts of, well, it was all for nothing. It was all for nothing. What was the point of that? I gave my whole heart. I gave, I gave trust. I, I gave so much to this person and, and they left me. And you cannot spend one second of your life living in the prison of the everybody who leaves you mean that you've lost something. No, that's, that's a prison and that's not of God because you've got to renew your mind to what God says. What does God say in your situation? Well, I'll read something to you in Psalm chapter 121. It says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. This is so good, the word of God. Where does my help come from? Not from our ingenuity, our ability to redo it again. The Bible says that my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you you while you slumber indeed he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber the Lord watches over you the Lord is your shade at your right hand the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night the Lord will keep you from all harm he will watch over your life the Lord will watch over you coming and you're going both now and forevermore and, and so when, when your mind's renewed to what God says you walk differently Life's a little bit easier. Circumstances may get crazier around you, but you don't change because you're new. You're different. You're thinking different. You're thinking in terms of the Word of God, not about the limitations of your own hands and what you can and cannot do. You know what? We serve a God. Listen, today some of you guys are going to go home and, and, and flip on football. Some of you guys watch football all day long. That's not my thing, okay? I know you don't admit that publicly. I, I do like chicken wings, okay, so if that gives me points on the man card, then so be it. When it comes to football and sports, please don't come and ask me your sports questions. I'm going to say, oh, that's great. 
you know, that's, this past year I had to Google who was playing in the Super Bowl on my way to church so I would not embarrass myself. True fact, okay? That's me. Some of you guys have a hobby, an interest, sports, whatever it may be. I want to tell you this morning that God has a hobby. You know what it is? It's making us new. It's renewal. He loves renewal. He loves renewal. Revelation 21.5 says, Behold, I make all things what? New. But you don't understand. I just can't get over these feelings, these feelings that just come out of nowhere. I'm just, I'm good. I get up. I get dressed. I'm, I'm prayed up. I'm ready for the day. Boom, it just comes out of nowhere and it hits me. Well, you can't actually get over these feelings because number two, our mind and our feelings are connected. Now, have you ever let bad feelings turn into thoughts? Come on, somebody. I know somebody has here. Have you ever felt depressed before and thought to yourself, well, I've got nothing good happening in my life. Have you ever been, felt lonely and thought, I, I need somebody, right? The thought comes from the feeling. Or you feel sick and, and you, you think I'll never be made whole. Or you feel poor and so you think I'm unworthy of opportunity. Or you feel rejected and so the thought comes, well, I'll just shut everybody out and do my own thing. Sometimes we think that if we change the things that change our feelings, we'll change our thoughts. And so that's why people turn to retail therapy and shopping, right? Because if I get the new outfit, then I'll feel better about myself. Or if I get the new car or the new shiny deal or whatever this is, then I'll feel better about myself. Uh, some people turn to an addiction to, to needing sexual intimacy with people they're not married to because if they can get the feeling, then they'll think a little bit better. But unfortunately, it doesn't last. Some people turn to attention. Some people turn to isolation. Some people turn to alcohol. If I could just drink, then all my worries will be gone. It calms me. It's my source. No, your source is Jesus. Your source is not what's in a, in a bottle of wine. It's not found in a beer. It's not found sedating your mood. You do not need any kind of sedation in your life. What you need is renewal. You need renewal. What I need is renewal. What we need as a church is renewal, and Jesus is bringing it. That's where addiction is born. It's not found in taking that smoke break so that you can just alleviate the stress. It doesn't change your thoughts. It might bring momentary relief, but it doesn't bring breakthrough. I know people, uh, myself included, okay, that one cup of coffee, uh, uh, just, it, it, I feel so cranky until I get my coffee. Don't even talk to me until that coffee is brewing. Whew. That's why those carry things, I hate them, because you can't hear it, like, just brewing continually, you know. I just, I love it. I get up in the morning and program our deal and just, yes, it's coming. It's coming. Life is coming. Don't talk to me until my coffee. I know people who are so happy until they get that one text message on their phone or that one email, and their mood is wiped out for four hours. Now, it's okay to feel down now and then. But it's never okay to lower your faith to that level. The way we think affects the way that we feel. Changing our thoughts will also change our feelings. When we renew our mind in God's word, things begin to change in our life. In order to think better, you must refuse to think on the level of your feelings. Whoa, hold on. I came to church. I don't want no Dr. Phil junk, okay? I came to church. Where's that in the Bible? Sure. Remember a story in John chapter 11. Jesus approaches the tomb of Lazarus. He weeps. 
but he did not lower his thinking to that level. Jesus then called forth and raised Lazarus from the dead. The point is this, friends. Even when Jesus felt on the level of death, he thought on the level of life. You may be here this morning, and you crash-landed in this church, and you're thinking, I'm barely going to make it. I'm barely holding on. You feel death all around you. Maybe not in the sense of physical death, but emotional death, financial death. You're scared for your job. You're scared for everything. You're terrified. I want to tell you something. If you renew your mind to what God says is actually happening, okay, because all that stuff is a lie, your life is going to follow suit. And things are going to begin to change, not because you did some magical portion, potion or some magical trick that the Bible, there's no magic here. This is simply our faith rising up. Somebody here, I feel this from the Holy Spirit, somebody here came today thinking that my business is about to be over. In Jesus' name, I want to speak over your business. This week, you're going to get contracts and clients coming from all over the place. Your business is going to surge. It's going to grow. The reason why is because the promise that God gave you for your business to be a ministry, it's going to come to pass. You hold on. You raise your thought life up. You get your heart wrapped around what the word of God says. You hold on, sir. Do not let go of that business. Do not quit. Do not give up. You might be facing a grave right now, but you think on the level of life, that business is going to follow. In the name of Jesus, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's a single mom here. You feel like you are fighting. You are fighting with everything that you got. And you came here today and you feel like giving up in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, the best is yet to come. There's blessing coming your way. There is favor coming your way. I speak in the name of Jesus. Increase in your life. God's going to give you wisdom and discernment and direction. He's going to give you a softer heart towards your children. And I speak peace to your home in the name of Jesus. I speak it over you right now. Death will not have a grip on you and not have a hold on you. Life, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, this is good. <laughs> Amen. Love it. Love it. Think on the level of life, but you don't understand. All, all I feel is, is burdens, right? All I feel is, is heaviness around me. I feel heaviness. Everywhere I go, I just, just feel heavy. The weight of what I'm carrying, you don't, you don't understand. You don't know my family, my finances, my, my health. If God would, would just give me more, more blessings and less burdens, then my feelings and my thoughts, uh, they would be fixed. I, I need more of the, the sugar and spice and everything nice and a, and a lot less of the more difficult stuff. Isn't it? After all, that what serving Jesus is about. We sing all the time about a blesser and about a healer and about a God who's good and a loving father, right? And, and so surely when I give my life wholly to him, that things start getting a lot easier. But for some reason, it's not working. I must not be strong enough. I must not be good enough uh, to serve in my church because I've got all of this uh, destruction around me. And, and I just don't know if I'm going to make it through uh, even tomorrow. And I want to share this with you because if we're going to have victory in our mind, we must realize that blessings and burdens cannot be divided into two categories. God uses both of them to prepare us for the next level. And I used to think uh, that if I was experiencing the blessing of God, that everything would be light and easy. It would just be fun. I, momentum would be felt at all times of my life, that I would just be always moving forward into the next level, into the next level. I get to that level, and the door to the next level is already open because God's just, that's just what he, he did, and that, that's what I want, and that's what blessings should be, and that's why, you know, sometimes I, I thought that Jesus would, would do that. But the fact is, is, is that hard things still came. Things got hard. Things get difficult. 
And that's the stuff, right, that affects our feelings when it gets hard. When you don't feel that passion in that marriage anymore. When you tried and gone to hundreds of prayer meetings for healing in your body, but you still walk with that physical infirmity. When you, you tried for years to launch that business, but it always fails. And so you walk around with this thought of, I'm a failure. The burden comes. The burden comes. God gave you the blessing of the strategy, but then the burden comes behind it. And if God would just give me more blessings and less burdens, my feelings and my thoughts would be fixed. I want to tell you this, that I've learned now that blessings and burdens weigh the same. Because if God's going to trust you, he will bring blessing. But that blessing will bring responsibility. That responsibility is the weight. That responsibility is the burden. Ten years being involved in youth ministry. We've had some of the coolest outpourings of God, I think, that most would just love to see in their youth groups. And we, we've had the privilege, my wife and I, to see it throughout the years. A couple years ago, we had one of the largest drug dealers in Mainland High School in Daytona Beach come and give his life to Jesus on a Wednesday night and lay down every bit of drug paraphernalia he had, radically saved and changed in the name of Jesus, for the cause of Jesus, bringing his friends to church. We saw a revival break out on our outreach buses and our outreach vans because one, one teenager gave his heart to Christ. And as a youth pastor, that's the coolest thing you can see. And, and sometimes I wish that that would be the moment every single day, but the fact is it's not true because then you get the call the very next day about a suicide. You have to deal in ministry with unappreciative people sometimes. Nobody here, right? Nobody here. Hallelujah. Every, yeah. You have to deal with leaders who leave you, employees who leave you. What I'm saying is that the blessing does not just bring benefits. Sometimes pain is involved. Because God's power and our pain our best friends. One is necessary for the other. What I'm saying is this, that God will use external opposition to surface internal insecurity. He will cause you to deal with the things and feelings at strategic times in your life because you are at your best when you are broken. I don't talk about brokenness in church. I don't want to be broken. I want to be put back together. I want to be, I want, I want to be, how are you, brother? Well, WWJD, all is well, blessed and highly favored. How are you? <laughs> no, 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 right, no, no. It's okay. You had a tough day. You know, it's all right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. Because your kid just told me you cussed them out on the way home. Praise God, you know. Rock and roll, man. Was that venting? I think that was. What happened there? I think this is a therapy session. All of a sudden, one time this guy's over. Broken. Why, why would God want us to be broken? Why would he walk us through seasons in which we feel broken? Because when you're broken, that's when you can be made new. That's when you can make you new. He wants your whole, he wants your your body to be healed. He wants your heart to be healed. And he knows that your pain and his power work very well together, and it's necessary for the next level. This is why, man, this is such good news. You can never allow your feelings to be your master. They're your slave. 
Not every thought and feeling is right. You don't have to be a slave to anything. For years, have you been trying to kick that addiction to cigarettes? You're not, you're not a slave to that. That's not the master of your life. That addiction doesn't own you. You're a slave to Jesus Christ, not to some cigarette. Come on. You're not a slave to anything. If you're in a season that doesn't feel good, I've got great news for you. You can actually rejoice. You can rejoice. You can get in your car and have a praise break right there in your family's what's going. You say, I I'm praising the Lord because he's breaking me to make me new. And look out because God's going to do something big in our family in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you walk around and you just, and maybe if you're, you're, you're a mom or your dad, you walk around the house pacing the house just in worry all the time, right? Worry, worry, and the kids are picking up on that. Let's change. Why don't you elevate the level of faith in that place? So when those thoughts of destruction and we're going down come into your mind, and you're losing the kids and losing the job when we do here and the bills are, why don't you just start, why don't you just call your family together for a quick prayer meeting and say, you know, in the name of Jesus, we pray over our finances together. We pray, God, that you are moving in this situation. You are bringing blessing in the name of Jesus. And then show your kids how to give, right? Write a big old check in the offering. Say, we're giving this because we trust God with our money. And the kids are saying, for real? Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, now there's a whole new atmosphere in the house, right? And now all of a sudden, they start seeing faith alive in your heart, faith alive in your life. And then the whole atmosphere of the home changes and revival starts to break out. And it's incredible. And all of a sudden, your, your kids are winning the friends of Jesus. And it's like, what in the world's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You, your family got new. You got new. I need it so badly in my family. I need it. I need to be new. We need to be new. Well, you know, that, that's me. This, this season just doesn't feel good. My, my feelings get the best of me. It affects my, my, my whole life. It affects my wife, my kids, my job, my health. It, it, it's, it's just so bad right now. If you could just play a few thoughts that came through my head this morning, uh, it would, I would be so embarrassed because of the level of, of just lifelessness and hopelessness. And, and I just, I just I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. I want to tell you that you, number three, have authority through Christ to take captive of every thought that runs around in your head. Don't forget about that. You've been given authority to take captive every wrong thought that comes around your head. Check this out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. It said, the world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog -dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or for manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massive corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers. Come on, somebody. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience and maturity. I'm telling you, you, you might go to work this week and the boss gives a promotion to somebody else, but you know what? That's okay. You don't have to get, feel rejected and get angry. You want to know why? Because Psalm chapter 121 verse 7, the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. God's got your hand. He's got your, your life in, in, in his hand. He's got you. He knows what he's doing. So boom, be renewed right there. You don't have to be, act all weird and, and spread gossip and, and, and say, well, I'm just going to do the bare minimum because this place doesn't value me. No, you know what? Why don't you be Jesus in that place? And I'm telling you, you, you be Jesus, you're going to see you're going to see elevation in that place. Oh, God will move you out. Who knows? But you you chase Jesus, it'll come. Maybe you're at home and your children are rebellious and you feel overwhelmed. You you feel like you're turning to thoughts of hopelessness. We well, you know there's another word that helps you. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 said, let your hope uh, keep you joyful. Keep you joyful. 
Be patient when your troubles. Pray at all times. Maybe your finances are tough. You're facing foreclosure. There's a lot of intensity around that area of your life. Well, you know what Philippians 4.19 says? My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. The fact is, is you can control every thought that comes into your head. Nothing has to stay. Well, you know what? How do, how do we know if a thought that comes into our mind uh, is, is, is from God? How do we know? When I was in fifth grade, uh, there was this kid named B.J. Sanford. B.J. was a bully. B.J. stole my baseball cards and sold them back to me for $10. <laughs> Growing up, I had a girl's name, okay? I'm over it now. My wife's hot, so I, you know, I, she's beautiful, so I, I got over it, okay? Worked out. Okay? I had a girl's name. Uh, I, I was just lengthy arms and legs, and I was just like, hey, I was just that kid that was just a little bit weird, right? That's just who I was. I wasn't very good in social settings. And, but I knew that something was on the line here when, when BJ continued to pick on me. I knew that this was a crucial moment uh, in my fifth grade uh, career. And so I said, all right, BJ, I said, it's on. After school, Seminole Playground, we're fighting. Now, I'm not condoning fighting, okay? Don't say that. This is not the answer, okay? But this is all that I knew, my frustrated fifth grade self. So the word spread, right? And the, the excitement energy of, of a fifth grade fight just spread. Everyone got on their bikes, and it was just this classic scene of, like, you know, 50 kids on his side and three kids on my side. You know, we all have our bikes. And all my buddies who were just so eager to get home and play Super Nintendo, you know. And... Um, and so, so that's what the scene was. And I remember, uh, I, I thought, you know, I could take this guy. My parents would put me in karate, and so I, I'd practice a couple moves in the bathroom. I was a blue belt, ready to rock and roll. Just started nunchuck training, the, the foam ones, you don't hurt yourself, you know. And, um, and uh, so he shows up, I show up, and the, it, the, the passion in, in that circle of fifth grade death is so intense. And we're getting ready to fight, and, and all of a sudden, uh, this car comes speeding out of nowhere. And this guy jumps out. It's a white unmarked car, and this guy jumps out in civilian clothes, and he says, stop right there. And, uh, and he says, I'm, I'm an undercover cop, boys. What's going on? And BJ, this punk of a kid, looks at him and says, oh, yeah? Show me your badge. The kid was bold. <laughs> Number four is this. If a thought is from God... It brings his peace. When a thought comes, when a thought comes, peace is the badge that it's from God. Now, I didn't say that it was going to be easy. I didn't say that what God may speak to you is going to be something that's going to be a walk in the park. But I did say that it will bring us peace. Some time ago, there was a young adult who came and gave her life to Jesus. And I went in the back room with her and, and she, was, she was weeping and she was crying and, and it was evident that God was doing something in her life. And I sat down with her, I said, well, well tell me, is, is this a good cry or a bad cry? She says, oh, no, it's a good cry, you know. I, I just, I've been in, a, in, a, in an abusive situation and, and, and today God told me to leave this individual. I said, wow, that, that, that must be hard, huh? She goes, oh no. Oh no, I'm gonna do it. She said, God told me to do it, I'm gonna do it. I know it's gonna work out. What was that? That was peace. 
The task at hand was not easy, but the peace of God was there in that situation. And maybe you're here this morning feeling so overwhelmed by what's in front of you this week, feeling paralyzed by your own uh, maybe doing, could it be? Feeling overwhelmed with, with what has or has not happened in your life. I know that this church is, has been a church of, of, of greatness and will continue to be so. So many ministries have launched out of this place, but could very well be that there's somebody, there's a friend here today, you've been attending this church forever, and every single Sunday, God reminds you of that ministry that you're supposed to start or that ministry that you're supposed to launch. Or as the, as the leadership has been talking about involvement in, in our church and, and, and taking the next step in your faith, you, you've felt this stirring, but you've just kind of pushed back a little bit because you thought, I, I'm, I've got too much going on. And the lie is, well, I better get myself right first before I can do anything big for God. Friend, let me tell you something. On the day we die, we stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He, he will not say to us, good job, you got yourself right. What we want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. And when God's peace comes, there's so much strength. There's power there. There's joy there. You can look at a difficult situation with a smile on your face because you've got peace. Listen to this. So powerful. Listen to this. Isaiah 23, verse 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. I love that, because you know what that means? Even when we can't understand it, we still have access to it. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when our lives are chaotic, we can still have his peace. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. What he tells you might not always be easy, but it's going to bring peace. This is a good word for somebody who's been pacing your house at 3 o'clock in the morning, wondering how God's going to do it. Up all night, worrying, stressing. Peace in the name of Jesus. I just feel peace so strong in the service right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your peace just flow right now in this place. Let there just be a blanket of peace. I speak rest over somebody's mind right now in the name of Jesus. Rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace. Joy. Thank you, Jesus.